It's the Atop the Pitbox Podcast with your hosts, Zach and Josh. Good evening, fancy NASCAR race fans. Welcome to the first episode of the Atop the Pitbox Podcast. I'm Zach Dick, along with my partner Josh Rolfus, and we are excited to make this podcast dream a reality for our fantasy league. This is something that we've been talking about for a while now. We finally decided to pull the trigger and make it happen. We also need to give a shout out to Justin Norton, who is the creator of this fantasy league and provides us with the fantasy stats behind the scenes. Couldn't do without you, Cougs. <laughs> and uh, speaking of Justin Norton, he's also the man uh, in charge of the Twitter handle, which is at NASCAR Norton, N-O-R-T-O-N. And make sure that you're following that Twitter. Uh, get on there. He tweets out live updates from the races and live standings and all kinds of good stuff as it pertains to the Fantasy NASCAR League. So uh, definitely worth a, a follow. A lot of information uh, put out on that uh, Twitter handle. So again, at NASCAR Norton, make sure, uh, make sure that you follow that. Race recap. All right, so taking a look at the stage winners. So stage one was uh, won by Hamlin, who honestly had a really fast race car and just kind of ran into some some tough luck at the end of the race there. Uh, but so he wins stage one. Uh, stage two was Blaney. So Blaney wins stage two and basically fell back two laps uh, for some pit uh, some. Some pit strategy that really, uh, really cost him some spots. So he is your stage two winner, but really finishes a couple laps down out of the uh, out of the picture there. Uh, and your overall winner was Chase Elliott, who gets his first oval win since November of 2020. So uh, really dominated the last 40, 50 laps there, and uh, really wasn't any doubt for Chase there towards the end. So uh, Zach, what do you what do you think about the race? Yeah, you know, overall, I thought the race was pretty good. Um, Dover is a track um, that just eats eats up tires for the first, I'd say, half the race. And obviously, we saw um, during the race, the tires were a huge issue. Um, you know, there were points in the race where they'd run 20, 30, 40 laps, and they'd pit for fresh tires. And um it looked like a lot of teams were probably gonna kind of run out of tires by the end of that thing, but uh, pit strategy definitely became um, pretty important. There's there's a lot of strategy involved there, um, as you pointed out. Uh, Blaney stayed out there with I think it was like three laps to go. Uh, Kyle Busch had fresh tires, and, and Blaney somehow held him off with old tires, um, which you know got him some pretty pretty important stage points for the playoffs. But after that, I mean, he just, he just struggled to get up through the, through the, uh, through the field. And obviously went, I think he ended up with, uh, three laps down. So, um, overall though, I thought the race was really good. Um, it was pretty exciting. There was a lot of passing. Um, <laughs> and then obviously, uh, it seems like this is the story of the year with, uh, with tire, with tire issues in, in the center hubs. Yeah. The center hubs, Denny and, and AJ Allmendinger both got hit with four race um, suspensions of the crew chiefs and a couple crew members. So it just seems like that's, uh, you know, a team a week always has these has these tire issues. And hopefully NASCAR can get something fixed there because 
Um, it seems like it's happening every single week when um, you, you normally didn't see this happening previously uh, to these new tires. So, so the suspension, uh, the punishment is a four race suspension for the crew chief, the jack man, and the tire changer. So, on a on a team like Almondinger or or Hamlin, what kind of impact does that have? on on their race week to week if the race is a strategy race i i think there is there's definitely something to be said about losing your crew chief for the for those four weeks these these powerhouse teams have basically multiple crew guys as in sets of crew guys so in regards to losing a jackman or a front tire changer i don't think that's that big a deal but uh losing a crew chief can be a pretty big deal, especially if it's a strategy race regarding fuel mileage, tires, any of that thing. But uh, from from an overall standpoint, it's not too big, but you know, it's something to keep in mind um, because we've seen some of these teams like Bubba Wallace. He lost his crew chief for four races, and and he hasn't had a good four weeks. Mm. Um, so I, I think he there is not. something to be said there about losing your crew chief and how it impacts the team. And then one other uh, battle that was really interesting about the race and, and really made it fun to watch was uh, even as Elliot was kind of running away with with the with the race there, uh, Chastain and, and Truex were battling uh, really hard racing, really good, uh, just back and forth between them and, and pressure from Truex all day on Chastain. Um, obviously. A lot of people have Chastain, and we'll we'll talk about that later. But um, so people were were watching this battle for more than one reason. And what do you think of the uh, of the block, or you know the the hard racing from Chastain at the uh, at the end of the race there? So Chastain basically admitted that he pinched Truex off into the wall, uh, and, and you know they had a discussion there on pit row, and basically Truex is telling him that's exactly what he ended up doing. Um, our Truex is my boy, so I hated seeing him, uh, <laughs> seeing, you know, that happen to him. And, you know, luckily he still finished, I think he still finished 12th or 13th, somewhere around there. Um, so it wasn't a disaster of a day, but uh, Chastain, you know, he, sh- he showed his true cards a long time ago. He's just a very aggressive race car driver, and he, he really doesn't care what people think, and he doesn't care what his, uh, you know, the respect level on the track is. and eventually it's going to come back to bite him in the butt, in my opinion. But so far, uh, you know, that aggressiveness has led to some really good finishes and uh, he's having a career year this year. So uh, I'm not surprised that, that he did that, but um, I I think there's going to be something that happens later on in this season that, you know, he's either going to get wrecked or taken out or something um, because of how aggressive he's, you know, he's been and historically has been, um, especially this year makes for good racing though it's it's fun to to watch him battle and and not back down and you know that team is is really turning some heads with how they are are running and operating this year and uh being such a young team and kind of doing things a little differently is kind of kind of refreshing and got to think the sport you know kind of likes it but you know obviously there's there's some downside to it but uh always good to have a you know a, a good battle in in the race. So, um, anything else you want to talk about uh, with Dover before we uh, head over to the fantasy? No, I, again, I just thought it was an overall really good race. There was a stre- you know 
strategy involved with tires. Um, it was it was nice to see Chase snap his 26 race winless streak. Um, and we'll see maybe, you know, he's been the, the best point driver so far this year. So maybe this opens, opens the floodgates for him. Uh, it seems like Hendrick is from an overall team standpoint is, is dominating the season once again. So we'll see if they can continue to do that. So all drivers, all Hendrick drivers have, have wins now this year, right? That is correct. Yeah. So, um, pretty impressive from Hendrick and, and, my boy Chase Elliott finally gets the win. So um, good, good stuff from, from Dover for, for once. So fantasy discussion. All right. So let's get into the, uh, the actual meat and potatoes here. Why everyone's listening. And that's the talk about the, the impact that this race had on the, on the fantasy league. So uh, let's take a look at the, the top 10 and, and, uh, look at see how that changed from last last week so we do have a new winner uh that is bigger sandwich which is myself and uh (laughs) you know come in when you're when you're bigger sandwich you have to worry about big sandwich so uh (laughs) we got bigger sandwich and then even bigger sandwich down the line but uh number one is is bigger sandwich uh number two is steve rolfus number four uh and he's at rolfco so uh he dropped from number one to number two uh we have a couple new uh teams joining the top 10 uh Adam Holtz wasn't wasn't in the top ten last week. Uh, jumped up to number three with a good week last week, and uh, also not in the top ten last week was Carl Edwards, who jumps up to number four. So, a couple new names in the top top five. Taylor Slice Slice. I don't know how to say that last name. Sorry. Yeah, sounds uh, right. <laughs> we'll go with Slice. Uh, stayed at at number five. Uh, just as a as a storyline to kind of keep an eye on here. Uh, Taylor swapped out uh, Tyler Reddick for Ross Chastain, and, and Taylor and I both had the same team. Uh, so he made a change when he was when we were number two, uh, and it, so it's basically Ross Chastain versus Tyler Reddick to see kind of who who has the better year for those two teams. So I'll be watching that one. It's interesting because he's in the top top five. Um, moving up a couple spots is Tammy Colby up from number eight to number six. Dennis Musich stays at number seven. Uh, Tracy Norton, number one, falls down to number eight uh, from number four. Uh, and then Fast Eddie uh, wasn't in the top ten last week, jumps up to number nine. And then we have a tie for number ten, which was uh, Austin Colby, who's at Austin Colby, was down eight spots to number ten and shares that with uh, Richard Rainey, who was not in the top ten last week. So, uh Thoughts on the uh, on the new top ten? Uh, I see a lot of a lot of uh, moving and shaking. And if you look at the overall standings, um, I think this is the most log jam the standings have been to this point. There is a lot, you know, a lot of driver or teams that are in contention here, and I truly think that you know the playoffs are going to be sided with that last race. Um, there's going to be a lot of movement and shaking moving forward. So, uh, this is to be expected, uh, and not surprising in in my opinion. So looking at the standing, so 24th makes the playoffs 
and they've got 758 points and the first place has 704. So that's 54 points uh, separates first from not making the playoffs. So that's, that's pretty tight. It is, it is log jam makes for a, an exciting, uh, exciting fantasy season. So the biggest fallers of last week at Dover, Eddie Bajer went from P2 to P25. Rob Rolfs, Rolfes went from P44 to P61. And Jack Griffin, at Jack Griffin, fell from P21 to P43. And when, when you look at those three teams, uh, they, there's a couple drivers on each of those teams that, that, that were the same and, and basically had bad weeks. So uh, it was a combination of, of Willie Byron, Kurt Busch, and Joey Logano, those three guys, you know, had, had some pretty unfortunate uh, weeks. A couple had them crash or crashes. A couple um, ended up with laps down. So they really weren't in contention at all during the race. Uh, and, and that in, unfortunately impacted um, wh- where they stand in the standings right now. And as we look at the uh, teams on the rise, uh, one of the teams – that's in the top 10, Richard Rainey jumped from P30 to P10. Uh, another big jump was by David Bangert at David BNGRT, who jumped from P72 to P53. And then Dan Grable, number two, trying to climb out of the cellar here, P80 to P61. So um, uh, obviously, Ross Chastain is is a driver that is a pretty popular name he's on all three of those teams and and so kyle larson is also in chase elliott obviously with the win is is driving those uh those teams so jack griffin eddie bajer rob rolfus you guys suck um (laughs) so let's talk about the driver swap so two weeks left before the all-star break. So you got to get those driver swaps in. Now uh, you got two weeks to do it. After that, you are stuck with your team. So uh, looking at the, at the driver swaps, really the, the, the most swapped player uh, is, is Ross Chastain. So only four people started with Ross Chastain at the beginning of the year. So uh, one of my teams, uh, one of Norton's teams, Richard Rainey and Reagan Rolfus all had, uh, Chastain to start. 13 people have added him. He's by far the highest swapped player. Um, so any surprise there, Zach? No, I think I think Ross Chastain is going to be a pretty popular add before the All-Star race, especially at his 13-point level. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I, I ended up swapping uh, or added Ross Chastain in, in uh, a swap was Christopher Bell. I swapped Christopher Bell for Ross Chastain. Christopher Bell was was struggling there to start the year, and of course he's starting to have some top fives and top top tens after after I make the move. But Ross still has outperformed him, so that trade doesn't look too too bad now. But um, overall, I think Ross is going to be a very very popular ad before the All Star break, and uh, he he's going to make make or break a lot of these teams as we as we move into the playoffs. Yeah, if he if he starts falling off, or you know, there's no reason to believe that he will. But you know, if he starts to to you know get some DNFs and and some thirty point finishes, this could could really change a lot of these a lot of these teams. So it'll be interesting to see if he can he can keep going. So we did have a a couple interesting, I guess you could say, swaps this week. Um, so we had 
two people swap swap out Kyle Larson from their team. Uh, one swapped out for Byron and one for Blaney. Um, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty surprising. I, I know Larson hasn't dominated like he did last year, and and he's a twenty point driver. But I, I just think the talent's too much there to to be swapping out for Byron or Blaney. But what do you think about swapping Larson out there? I, I like you put it out. I think it's, I think it's a bold, aggressive move. Uh, Larson definitely hasn't had the year that he had last year up to this point. And, and you, when you pick a driver for 20 or 20 points, you expect, you know, solid top five, top 10 finishes week over week. And unfortunately that just hasn't happened with Larson. I will say that his performance over the last few weeks has, has definitely picked up. So um, we'll, we'll see if he can continue that. But uh, I, I think it's a little early to be swapping out Kyle Larson at this point, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. And just looking at the uh, average uh, points, uh, so this is, takes into consideration all the fantasy points and all of our bonus points that we have, but Kyle Larson has uh, a higher average than Harvick, Almirola, Truex, just to name a few. Um, really surprising that he would be that low. Uh, and, and those drivers obviously aren't 20 point drivers. So, um, interesting that people feel that this is the time to make the move on Larson and, and are doing the swap and we'll see, see how those teams perform as, as we go through the rest of the year. So race preview. All right. So looking, looking at this weekend, it's good old Darlington, Raceway in South Carolina. Um, got a couple fun facts. I thought this would be fun to uh, do every week here. Uh, give a little fun fact or, or facts for the week about the track. Um, first fact is, is, is Darlington is the first paved racetrack in NASCAR. It was the first official paved track in NASCAR. I believe the year was 1950, if my memory serves me right. Um and, and in doing research, uh, if you know Darlington, it's, it's a very odd-shaped racetrack. They call it almost like, a, like an egg-shaped racetrack. And the reason for that is, is the, the buyer of the land agreed to let the seller keep his minnow farm, his minnow pond, in, in turn four. So if you pull up Darlington Raceway on, on Google Earth or, or online, you'll see that there is a pond coming out of turn four. And that is why the shape of the racetrack is what it is. Turns one and two have pretty well, you know, it, it's a pretty big corner there. And then you go, go down to three and four and it becomes really, really narrow and it's a lot smaller. So that is the reason why the racetrack is designed how it is. It has a nickname. It's called Lady, Lady in Black. And the reason behind this is, is back in the day, they would take asphalt sealer and they would put it down on the track to seal the track. And of course it's black. So basically whenever someone walked in and saw it, they would just, they just called it the lady in black. Uh, so that's a fun fact about that. Uh, and basically these cars will be running the high groove. Uh, it's really hard track to pass. Uh, you can pass down the straightaway, and, and if you're if you're bold, you can you can try to pass down low going into into one and t- one and two as well as three and four. Uh, but a lot of the guys will rim ride; they'll ride the high line. Uh, tire wear is an issue since it's an older track, 
and, and you'll get the Darlington stripe is what it's called. Basically, guys ride the high line for so long that eventually they'll hit the wall and they'll scrape the wall in the, uh, in the right quarter panel. So that's something to look for uh, as, as you go out, go through the race. Um, some driver stats and team stats I thought it'd be fun to kind of, you know, see historically um, through the last couple of years how teams have done. And from a team standpoint, Joe Gibbs Racing has completely dominated this racetrack since uh, February of 2019. Their average finish between all their drivers is 10, which is the lowest by almost three positions. Um, they've got the most wins there out of any organization as well with four. Uh, second behind them would be Stuart Haas with two. Um, surprising to me, Hendrick Motorsports has not fared well at, at Darlington since February of 19. Their average finish is 16.7, which to me is kind of surprising with, with how dominant they've been through the years. You know, you, you think back over the last couple of years and Hendrick Motorsports has dominated NASCAR. So, um, that was, that was surprising to me specifically driver-wise, um, our boy Kyle Larson. You know, we just talked about, you know, him being swapped out here. Um, I think it's a little premature for that as he's got the best finish out of all active drivers with us, with uh, an average finish of two. Uh, granted, it's only out of three races, but he finished second place in both spring and fall races last year at Darlington. So I think, I think that's a driver that you need to watch for. Kevin Harvick has performed really well here historically. Uh, with an average finish of 3.3 over six races. So that's another guy to look out for. Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex, your Joe Gibbs guys. Those guys are, are two other drivers to look out for. They've got average finishes below 10 as well. So um, it, it's going to be a really fun race to watch. Uh, again, tire issues, tire wear should come into play because of how old Darlington is. But um, I, I think those guys that I just mentioned earlier are probably going to be a set. Uh, of the favorites or, or or up there in regards to the best odds to win the race. So should we uh, should we do some picks? Should we pick a winner? Yeah, let's let's go for it. All right. So who you got for winning? Well, we've we've talked about him quite a bit tonight. I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. Uh, like I pointed out, he he's finished second in both races last year. Uh, he he hasn't performed as well this year, but I think the cream is going to rise to the to the, to the top here. Um, this is a driver's track. The guys, you got to be able to drive your car almost sideways. It, it gets very slick, especially if the sun's out. Uh, and t- like I said, tire wear is going to become an issue. And normally that leads leads to uh, drivers performing well who have almost like a dirt type background where you're, you're basically not going straight hardly at all besides going down the, the straightaway. So my pick for the, for Darlington this weekend is Kyle Larson. So you just got done telling us how Hendrick Motorsports has struggled at Darlington and that Joe yep. Gibbs has dominated, and then you choose a Hendrick driver? That, that is correct. Make sense. I, that is I'm going gonna, gonna to fix your error, and I'm going to choose the right driver, which is Denny Hamlin. who Without his crew chief. Without his crew chief, that's that is true. Okay. Uh, however, he has been his cars have been fast. He he in Dover he was won the first stage was his car was super fast, and then he had the wheel issue, drove all the way back up, and then Cody Ware who shouldn't even be on the track uh, took him out, and and so he's had some bad luck. 
He led 67 laps in Dover. It's the most laps he's led all year. And he won the race in the fall at, at Darlington, was fifth in the spring race. So he's got two wins, and I think it's time. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna take it. Joe Gibbs is strong at this track, so uh, I'm going to go Danny Hamlin, even though I don't have him on any of my teams. So uh, Danny Hamlin is, is the winner. So, um, so any, uh, any final thoughts, any, anything, uh, that we didn't cover here tonight? No, I think, I think we, we hit a lot of, a lot of good areas. Um, again, this is, this is for our, for our fantasy race fans and, and, and the entrance in this, in this league, you know, we're just trying to do something fun, trying to drum up some more interest and, um, you know, hopefully this podcast is is short, it's sweet, and, and covers the topics that they want to hear, and, and just kind of drums up interest for for this league because uh, it's it's something fun to do, it's fun to talk about, um, and, and it's just it's fun to you know have water cooler talk at work in regards to just what happened, you know, the, the race prior or or the day prior. So um, hopefully this can just take off from here. And obviously, it'll get better. This is episode one, so uh, still working out the kinks and kind of getting in the in the groove here. But uh, so it, it will get better uh, if you hang in there and and give us a chance. But I uh, love to see some some trash talking on Twitter. Try to shout out the people's Twitter handles as much as we can, just to uh, bring some awareness to to the people in the league. And uh, you know, we we got the we got the email that sometimes people shoot off some 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 comments in, but Twitter would be nice to kind of get a little, little engagement there as well. So especially on race day as we're, uh, as we're going through the race. So, um, so that's it. Episode one is in the books for the atop the, uh, pit box podcast. So thanks Zach for doing it. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Sounds good. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs>